What's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. This is episode number 365. My name is Steve. I'm one of the co-hosts of the show. And as always, I'm joined by Ron and John. Finally, an episode of Movie Schmovie for every day of the year. So you can start in a, in a non-leap on, year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. You can start on January and then, 1st and then <laughs> and just wa- listen to one, watch one. You won't be watching them for a while. You just but eventually you can start watching them, but you can listen to one every day until the end of the year. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. Don't we have some point fives though? So I think there's more. No, there's, I mean, there's always been more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just go with the whole episode, right? Right. The point fives, yeah. or you know, the Start point fives you have to listen one. to. Like you, if you know, that means you might be doubling up on some days because you, it's required. It's compulsory. Right. Yeah. Start on this one now. Go backwards, and we'll see you next year. Oh wow. Yeah, and then what? then you have you can catch up. Let us know at what point we sound really uh, offensive and are making comments that we wouldn't make in twenty twenty three, and then stop there. <clears throat> yeah, get to that point, yeah, I guess. Pe- people grow. Yeah, <clears throat> we've grown. Um, so yeah, this episode's going to be fun. We're going to do a little news at the top. We haven't really gotten into much of a discussion recently about like news that happens between the episodes, but Ronald's got a couple points he wants to bring up. And then we'll go into our required viewing, which was my pick from last week, which is Netflix's Athena. Uh, if anybody's watched along, uh, we're going to discuss that. Athena. I love that. Athena. I love that. Um, and then we're going to talk about some of the Oscar nominations for uh, that got announced this Tuesday. Uh, if we record this on Wednesday, it comes out on Friday. So it's really fresh in our minds. We're going to go down some of the top categories. Some brief discussion, maybe throw out some early picks of what we think might win uh, the big ones. And then, you know, towards the end of the episode, we're going to just go through a couple other stuff, uh, a couple other things that the three of us have may have watched over the last week or so. Um, and then we'll, you know, say bye, obviously, at the end. Yeah. But that'll, when we get there, we'll discuss that. But that's a lot. That's a loaded uh, episode you, you described. It's, there, it's loaded, but we need to streamline yeah. this. We're being sleek. We're being effective. Yes. Boom. Much like oh. Athena, in my opinion, we're going to keep yeah. it tight. OK, mm-hmm, guys. Yeah. Um, One Ronald, long unedited shot. Is yeah, what this podcast yeah, that's is. That's what this is. Yeah. No edits, no whether edits. it's audio or video. It's clean. This episode yeah. specifically is going to be that. I don't know that we do that at all anyway. Oh, I know wow. Ronald cuts up some stuff with the video, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Ronald, news, hit it. Yeah, yeah. So um, March marks the first event that Netflix will have in which uh, a live event is happening. Chris Rock is doing his uh, special selective outrage. And I think that's March 4th. So I want to talk about that. Hey, that's really cool. We it's kind of come to our attention that that's happening. And as a Baltimore connection, uh, it's going to be filmed at the Hippodrome. Oh, so cool. it's a it's a local event. I mean, you get the tickets are on sale. So if you want to, if you're close to the area, are you going? Pretty, I don't know, man. I, I I'd rather watch it at home. It seems more special okay. to be able to watch it at home. I love Chris Rock. I'd rather watch you watching it from my house. But oh, you'd be so there. like a. Oh, when they yeah, hit the crowd, I'd be like, oh, there's Ronald watching it there, but I'm here. Okay. Yeah. But we're watching it together live. That would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Very meta, too. And then the other thing is, is that John's going to watch me through Zoom, watch <laughs> yeah. you through Netflix, watch him live. Oh, okay. That's what we planned, right, John? Yeah, I'm actually going to not even just be doing that. I'm going to be across the room looking at the Zoom image in a mirror. <laughs> mm. That was the other piece you wanted yeah. to throw in there. Right? Kind of like, yeah, another great one, idea. Right? Yeah, a little creepy. You know, like exactly a... <laughs> how Netflix intended it. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's different ways to watch, and I think Netflix wants people to know that's, that. Okay. Just cover all those bases. Yeah. So no, that, yeah, that's ahead. a big Sorry, deal. Ronald. That's a big deal. The Chris Rock thing. It is, but on this other spectrum, something else really cool is happening. 
a independent creative, Louis C.K., is going to live stream his Madison Square Garden sold out show that's happening this this week, this Saturday on the 28th, selling tickets for $25 to watch it live. Wow. In Madison Square Garden. So like, whoa, whoa what the heck is going on? Like, so I, sad it, about him getting canceled and, and yeah, his career yeah, being that, ruined. That, that turned yeah. around. It's 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 wild, man. And he's you, you, he's, you, you can't you can't. It's, there's just no such thing as free speech anymore, Ronald. <laughs> right? I, I guess I guess that's the case. Yeah. What do you What do you think? I mean, I think? guess I'm a little surprised in a lot of ways. You know, I don't know. I was yeah. thinking about him recently, just his his career trajectory and how crazy it was and mm-hmm. uh, how it is, I guess. Um, and yeah, I guess it's hard for me to have simple feelings about Louis CK when it comes to like looking forward to his material or anything. So I don't sure. know, he's kind of been for off sure. my radar since the, since the, you know, big scandal, but um, you know, I know there's other people who feel differently about, about maybe specifically what his story was and the the specifics of that. But for me, it, yeah, it kind of, it kind of put the, put a, a bad filter on on all my my feelings towards him and his material but yeah I'm, i do think it's like if anyone thinks that like it's so unfair careers get ruined with these allegations i mean clearly they you know one of the poster boys for supposedly facing consequences uh you know is selling out a madison square garden uh, so yeah. so uh you know i don't know it sort of seems like there goes that <clears throat> there goes that yeah. dream <laughs> Yeah, it's it's uh it's have you been keeping up with I know he's been doing like he's had like a I movie have. Or a, a web series um, and that, yeah. I saw him like much further after everything happened, like um right before lockdown. Um I saw him live and it was I mean he it was, he packed the house and there were there were people of all race, ages, shapes, and sizes there to see mm-hmm. him. Um it was I, I got to be honest, man. He made me really mad. I was upset. I didn't. I was very sour on the movie that he put out. That, the one that was supposed to come out that leaked. Yeah, right. Mysteriously leaked. Leaked. Yeah. Leaked. What was it called? Um, I Love You, Daddy or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Which was a little disturbing anyway. It's the premise dealing with everything that he's he was dealing with at the time. But I do believe in, you know, the reconciliation and you know if you if you're really sorry for it i don't i don't think you should have stuff taken away from you forever i feel like he got he got a punishment um Hmm. i don't know if it felt just enough i don't know if i don't know what you can do in those situations you know i don't know what the should there be some monetary sort of thing like that's what i can't figure out some people want him dead and some people want him to pay money so like the spectrum of that stuff is so big um that i can only say that i i don't want to throw anybody away but i can honestly stop consuming their stuff yeah i mean i think that's what it is for me somebody falls off my list of people who i want to hear you know yeah and and it's hard to climb back onto my list because there's so many good people on the list who haven't done shit to to, yeah, to, to fall off. So you for know, sure, I guess sure. I, got, I try to focus on them. But yeah, I f- I'm. But I mean, I, I like I said, obviously, there's still an audience for what he's doing because every yeah. story I hear is about packed houses and all that. So, so, so I feel pretty similarly. You know, I'm like, I'm not. I don't know if I'm. I'm there yet. I don't know if I'm there to like look at him the way that I did before. But, um, you know, I have space in my head to try to wrap my head around. Yeah maybe looking at him a little differently, you know, a little closer to that at some point. 
down the, in the future. But I just think it's really cool that two entities, you know, Louis always kind of been an independent creative in that way, like yeah. before he got canceled. So I think this kind of fits into that. But also this shift that Netflix is doing, having things live. I think it's I think it's cool. I don't, I'm 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 very excited about that versus the Louis C.K. thing. Obviously, I'm. Yeah, you know, no, but you're I'm, still I'm, talking about a thing that's like a model that obviously yeah. certain of a, per, uh, a, a a person of a certain stature can do that, you know, can yeah. just like that was the whole thing with his thing that he made so much money on that digital, but like long ago when it was like that $5 minimum, whatever for yeah. his concert thing, the, you know, someone pointed out, yes, Louis CK can do this and make a pretty good amount of money. A lot of people yeah. put, put their thing up. <laughs> For you know, pay what you want, and they're not making you know uh, double digits. Uh, so yeah. it it is an interesting thing. But he's always been able to cultivate that like tech, like reaching people through like the mailing list and you know the yeah. website with the yeah. with the downloadable series and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it, that aspect of his career is uh, is kind of you know noteworthy, I suppose, in that way. But it's hard, like I said, it's hard for me to focus on that and not think about the the other weirdness. But what, yeah. so when is the Chris Rock thing? It's this week. That's in March. Uh, March. Oh, in March. Yeah. Okay. March 4th, I think. Was well, anything um, happening this week? The Louis C.K. thing is this week. Oh, that's, okay. That's, that's happening Saturday. All right. At 7.30, which is crazy. That it, Like, Madison Square, it's just a lot of yeah. arts that I would never have expected. I, yeah. I don't think that most humans on Earth can sell out Madison Square Garden. So, like, the idea that he's gained this much goodwill again. Yeah. Really interesting, really interesting stuff. Yeah. So what? What's next? What are, what are we? Are we going into required let's viewing? Do it. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Steve. Uh, t- tell us. Remind us uh, why why you chose Athena. Athena. Um. Yeah. I mean, Athena. it was. Just I remember seeing the trailer a while back. Um. And I forget what festival it was at, but a lot of people were posting about it. Um. This past year and you know again end of the year we talked about it like our top tens and everything and i had seen it mentioned on uh, a few lists as a reminder to me i kind of it had kind of gotten buried in you know your watch list or my watch list um so it reminded me like right before it was my turn to pick and uh it just seemed like a good opportunity to check it out uh even though we'd already done our top tens and I, honestly what stood out to me was that you know when i'd heard about it uh when it had premiered maybe it was venice um that it premiered at i can't remember a lot of people were just talking about like the way it was shot you know a lot of the wonders and like these long takes and like you know the the opening sequence of the movie you know 11 or 12 minute one take scene before the title card drops you know that's what a lot of the discussion was around and you know i'm always very interested in that kind of stuff you know in the in the production the filmmaking the cinematography like how they actually pull it off um, like the technical side of it and you know and we will discuss this as we get into the movie but i mean one of the things right off the bat if anybody watched this movie watches this movie and wants to see how it was made there's some amazing behind the scenes videos available um, that netflix put out on their youtube channel um specifically like basically breaking down the a lot of the wonders which this movie is basically a sequence of wonders and uh it's just insane, like the kinds of cameras that they use to kind of explain maybe uh, what a wonder is to the you know to our listeners who might not know that term. <clears throat> yeah, so basically, um, most people would recognize it as a scene like you know you you're following a character through a scene and you, you notice that there's no visible cuts. 
in the scene work and the blocking and anything. You know, there's no POV changes unless the camera is moving around to a different character, which it does in this film uh, quite a bit. But, you know, some of the big ones of recent memory that always, you know, kind of come up in discussion. I guess the biggest one probably is Children of Men is the is the big yeah. one that's always brought oh, up, man. which is, you know, incredible. it's just stone cold and incredible. Yeah. But, you know, it's become something that, you know, a True lot Detective, of film. Didn't it have one? Didn't True it? Detective had an amazing. Yeah. yeah one or uh, Carrie Fukunaga did in season one. Yeah. But, you know, I think it's become something that's a lot more. Um, actually, and also on Haunting of Hill House, that episode. Yeah. There's like a yes. massive one in that funeral parlor. Um, I think that whole episode was constructed right. out of as many con- like many long shot like things that seem like they might have been effects or edit tricks of editing were actually s- tricks of like stagecraft you right. know um, which is which is what what you're like getting that. at that's so amazing about sequences like that is that it takes so much coordination and practice to get the to get the choreography of those scenes right <clears throat> and like what and what's so interesting and before we even talk about this movie you know I, I think in some movies you can see it happen and it's like you know i guess hill house is a good example you know it's like indoors for the most part you know they can build this set they can build the set to accommodate the magic of movie making to kind of create this fusion of scenes that looks like one massive scene mm-hmm. and you can see scenarios like that where the environment really is conductive for that and you know, Children of Men is an example of one that is like kind of outside, you know, it's 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 a it's a just a symphony of everything kind of working together, you know, and blocking and staging and 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 cinematography just to kind of not have to cut a scene. But I was going to say, like in recent mem- in recent like recent memory, recent history, in recent you know times, the tech, <clears throat> the technologies improved so much. These cameras like the Alexa camera, one of the Alexas that they used on this film. Is just so nimble and so agile, you know, the way that they're allowed that they're able to kind of get the cameras around people um, and how mobile they are. Even in um, Barbarian, there was like a, a shot when we get that flashback sequence to the, the, the man that lives in the house mm-hmm. in like the 80s or whatever that time was. The camera that Craigers used in that, I can't remember what the name of that one was, but it's the same kind of thing where it, it creates that really, really tight POV shot where they can then come off of the character and go on to the next character. And that's something that happens a lot in this movie. And I think it's kind of what allows a filmmaker, you know, it's like, it's kind of like a muscular flex to be doing this kind of filmmaking, especially this movie where it's a sequence of these almost back to back to back. Um, And, you know, some people may not enjoy that because it it may make you feel like there's a lack of other things in the movie beyond just the, this movie making or this filmmaking element. But all to say, like, that's a lot of what was swirling around this movie coming out of Venice and even when it came out on Netflix. And, you know, most of the reviews I've read have really kind of focused in on that that aspect of it. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I'm really happy that I finally got to see it. And I and I, 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 I thought the movie was pretty incredible, personally. And I think that, you know, I think I am somebody who is really impressed with that kind of stuff. It doesn't really kind of wear on me. Um you know, the movie is, I don't even remember what it was. Is it barely 80 minutes or 90 no, it's like minutes? 100 minutes. It's like okay. Yeah. Minutes it's, it's very, it's very quick. It moves pretty fast. I would say, you know, it does feel like maybe in a, in a grander scheme, it, it, the, this movie feels like the third act of another movie, you know, and in, in a, maybe a better movie. Um, but even still, I just really felt like 
the character work and the way that 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 oneer approach to these sequences and like the the scope of like the the whole story is based around the death of a of a child um and this family of brothers uh and the way that this uh community is kind of riding for this police brutality this suspected police brutality uh against this child and it's just uh you know they kind of destroy a police uh press briefing and and they they kind of lure the police to this complex uh in Athena and the which the is youth, like a a block of of uh of apartments sort of yeah like high rise apartments yeah um like and they basically the like kind of exactly territory. yeah exactly and yeah so they just kind of Paris, basically right it was a parisian suburb i think yes where it, yeah in france so, yeah in paris yeah. You know, just to incite this confrontation uh, to to kind of have accountability for what they they feel has been happening, this oppression, this violence, this this just you know kind of abuse of power, and it's in and it's framed around well three and four brothers of this of this family, and you know kind of where they fall and what's happening, and at some point in each you know of the movie you kind of follow the three surviving brothers to some degree, but yeah, it's pretty chaotic. It's pretty. It's very fluid. It moves fast. Um, I, th- I thought it just looked amazing. I just, I just freaking, I want to research more about like the making of it because like all those sequences, lots of sequences, like where the kids are like shooting police with like Roman candles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, like that that coordination for that kind of shit in just terms of like safety and stunt stuff like that. I don't is that like is that visual effects or is that real? Like some of it looks real. It, it all looks real. But like, there's I think no most of those elements were, were as real as possible when it. He yeah. said there's no CGI. He said there's no like. I, I know I saw that yeah. too, but it's like how, like when they're running through those hallways and they're shooting Roman candles at them. I'm just like, how did somebody not get fucking hurt? You know, but I don't know. I'm rambling. I thought I thought this movie was awesome. Um, I was like texting Aaron as I was watching. Like this is this is wow, but um. I don't know. I don't know. What what did you guys did you know about it before I mentioned it or or well Ronald said like, you you'd seen it, right, Ronald? Oh yeah, you'd yes. already watched it. I, I reminded you what it was, right? <laughs> yeah, so this is like a long um I started a movie club that I've been doing on Twitch and I've been researching for the past like three months one shot movies. Like, you know, either ones that are shot to to look like it or ones that are yeah. actually one shot. One right. example is Victoria. That's completely done in one shot. A mm-hmm. uh, couple others, but you've talked about that on the podcast before. I remember. Yeah. So I, I was like, okay, well, let me see how different this this oneer is than any other one I've ever seen, and it was very different. Mostly because, like, it's one thing to just have a continuous shot, but it's another thing to kind of have it in a perspective of a person that's in the middle of the crowd. It felt like right. I was a rider. It felt like. Or I was a person that was there trying to get the fuck out at, <laughs> at the very at the very least. And it just right. felt so exciting. Like I remember how I felt. I remember how I felt when I first saw the fight scene in Old Boy and then the Daredevil fight scene that's kind of mimics yeah, it. Series, yeah. Right? When I saw it on the Netflix series. And and the way that I felt watching Old Boy and that Daredevil scene is the way I felt watching this, but with absolute fear in my heart. Like <laughs> the idea that we all have had some proximity to how things can look in your city 
you know, when when there's there's social imba- dis- uh, imbalance and mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> how how close, you know, I have some stories. I was really close to some of that stuff and how it felt to be in the middle of a group with bats and, you know, things on fire is a cra- it's a crazy, surreal feeling that I could, I've only seen recreated really well and things like this and maybe city of god city of gods is a really good example yeah. but this is like i was there like you man like I, I felt like i was in the middle of the police station i felt like i was in the group i felt like i was a part of the cops that they were shot it's not just that it was one shot it was just so immersive some of the shots are kind of like eye level yeah with the other cops. Shots, so that yeah. felt very good the pov shots felt very real um and you wind up sympathizing with all the sides somehow, like the cop that got caught, I was like, yeah. "Oh no!" Like this is this—he's suffering for something that he didn't do personally, you know. It's just, but the system is screwed, you know. And you realize it. Well, they introduce him to uh, chipping uh, nail polish off because he yeah. has like a four-year-old daughter. So I mean, I, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, like it's, it's, the rest of the movie, you know, that like he's what the stakes are for him and for his family if something bad happens to him you know so i think that adds to that sympathy you feel for him um even though there's yeah there's not much you mentioned it's feeling like a third act steve there's not much information given to you about these characters except what you gain through their actions you know and yeah. through the way they interact um but yeah i feel uh, like i feel like that that like that immersion that ronald's describing in some ways, I don't know that the movie really like surpasses those first 12 minutes. Mm. Um, I mean, some of the following sequences, some of the one shots are like really still very impressive and maybe in some cases a little more tense. But that opening sequence, especially when they hit the road in the van, oh my God. Um, I don't know that it I don't it's I mean, insane. that was that was fucking amazing. It was. Like, I, I don't that's that's the filmmaking that I need to I want to I want to see how they did that. Yeah. Like. How they go from above to beside to inside to like sw- going around the guys doing, you know, the dirt bike, you know, wheelies mm-hmm. and stuff like it's just so kinetic and so fast. Like yeah. it just that that sequence when they get on the road and, it's... you know, it, and, and it goes up and you see the perspective of the city and how far they are away from where they're going and then yeah. comes back into the van like it's just I, that is that is impressive to me, and it might be cheap to some people. I don't know. Like I, some some stuff I was reading, like people, you know, and I, I can appreciate it. Like that they they kept using that like like that showy approach to this kind of thing. Like is this just sh- like a is this just like a, a a kit like a shtick or something? But like that's definitely not how I fall on this topic. Like I, I I'm very impressed by. The filmmaking especially and i feel like in that opening sequence because like you know i and john just said like they don't give us a lot of what's going on before but in that sequence in the police briefing when they do the when they throw them out of cocktail when the ride happens when they get when they steal the stuff from the cops like so much is happening with like learning about the two sides in that oneer without really much dialogue at all it's just all in action and in the filmmaking you know, right. and uh, I don't know that that opening sequence before the title card hits and when that title card hits, it's just like I just thought that was so fucking good. Like I was yeah. I was on a high watching that. And, and for the rest of the movie, I was just like, this is definitely for me. Um, But yeah, I, it's a definite recommend for me. I mean, if you can if you can 
if you haven't seen this movie, if you want to watch it, if it sounds interesting, um, you know, it is just one of these kind of like riot city, like us versus them, you know, people versus the police and in some other factors in the background. But like, I just thought it was really effective. And again, it moves fast. Um, you know, it, it's not really much of a positive ending, you know, and it's, and I think that that leaving it where it does is kind of like a, a decision that maybe some people may may not like uh but you know i think that's kind of the whole point of the movie is i'm just saying like you know this is not really getting anybody anywhere um but i thought it was i thought it was really impressive um uh did did what did you think of it john did you enjoy it or um i i um i think i would be one of those people who you said earlier who felt felt like it was missing some of those other things yeah but but i i that does not mean i wasn't dazzled by the things you're talking about and i certainly right. don't think that i would call it cheap or easy i mean sh- maybe it's showy but it's certainly not showy in a way that's cheap or or that's right. like like you like th- that making of stuff where they show some of the stuff you're talking about where they show them like s- swapping out the cameras like riding up on motorcycles and like passing the camera through the van to another car it's that's insane. picking it up and that's how you and then like the people that are choreographed to know that when the camera's going past them they're like shouting or pumping their fist and then it goes outside now you're seeing the guy on top with the flag and and all that stuff is just like the coordination of it uh the the director said um I mean, I, I don't know if I can pronounce his name properly. It's uh, is it Roman, Roman Gavras, Gavras, Ro- yeah, Roman Gavras or Gavra. Um, he was basically saying that what they would do one shot a day. That like that's how they kept right. the crew enthusiastic and happy and excited, is they knew they were doing this. They would rehearse and rehearse and rehearse with people not really in costume and not really with sets and get all that stuff down, all those walking through the halls and there's someone in this. And he would tell people in this room, people are pulling with a crowbar. And in this room there, you know, as the camera passes rooms and swivels into them for a second, especially the scenes with, um, uh, is his name Camille? Kareem. Um, Kareem. uh, Played by uh, Sammy Silmain. He was great. Uh, I loved his character and his his demeanor. He was kind of the heart of the movie for me in some ways. Um, but just the 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 power and grace and yet kind of vulnerability of that guy as he was going around, I thought was really interesting. But that part you're talking about where he kind of goes through the police uh, district or, or precinct or whatever, and then they escape in the police van. Um, that was exhilarating and wild. And I couldn't believe what I was seeing all in one shot. And I I, I don't know that they don't cheat it in some spots in terms of like edits and stuff. Right. But it doesn't matter because they still were coordinating those shots to get as much as they could in one. Like the oneer was a true oneer, you know, and the coordination that it took to do that is the is the art of the film. So um, but I think for me, I, if I had a if I had a criticism, I would just say it felt a little one note to me after a while, especially right. with the kind of ramping up of intensity. I thought that Abdel was a was an interesting character, but there's a point about midway on where he's just increasingly intense. And I think it was amazing to watch the actor go to those places. And it was like it was it was effective, but it was like kind of bludgeoning to me to the point where I was like, man, that was a joyless movie when it was over i was like it's rare to see a movie that is truly joyless and bleak like that but also it's also rare to see a movie that you would call bleak that is as exciting as you guys are indicating as it is to watch so um and i don't know that at the end i kind of like that ending i thought that ending was really creepy i did too like not not seeing but not seeing the people who really caused all this and seeing that they in fact uh, maybe weren't who we thought they were um but i also can see how that complicates whatever the political statement the movie might be trying to make it becomes a little bit squirrely when you 
when when like you say steve it turns it into a kind of a, uh all sides sort of thing more yeah. so than about police true police brutality which is what it seems like it's about you know but not really about the other thing is it's kind of funny how many brothers there are and how they keep popping up i was almost surprised there weren't more brothers uh, as the <laughs> film went along but i think they each are different and that's where you feel like this is like an epic saga somehow with uh, a scene that's almost taken place in real time or at least over you know it's a compressed timeline somehow with that you can have an epic scope and you can feel like you're as you said steve you're introduced to all these characters on the go um that that was that was another thing that was fascinating not just not just the technical achievement but like the way that it did weave in and out of the characters once once we got to our third or fourth kind of lead character that we were following i think it was when we're following mokhtar and his his heavies and they're taking the bags and they're running across like that was i was like i don't even i can't quite tell exactly what's happening here i kind of get the shape of it um um, but that was just an exciting, weird scene. I was like, I've never seen like a riot is happening and a guy is trying to escape with all his contraband. Um, yeah. And he's trying to get from one place to another and he has to go to like a different... St I just, I've never seen that scene before, you know? And therefore yeah, I yeah. feel like this story was showing me something in many ways, stuff I hadn't seen before. And then it gets very claustrophobic. And that's where I started feeling like, like I said, a little one note, but you know, I got to the end and I was glad I watched it for sure. So um, I'm really glad you, you picked this one out. Cool. Um, yeah, that's on Netflix now. If you uh, want to check it out, Athena is uh, definitely a recommend on my part. Um, John? Well, you know, I think I did the math today. I think this is our seventh round of, uh, of, uh, the, we're closing out. The order is Ronald, Steve, John. And I think we are, I think we went alphabetical, which makes sense. Um, uh, and, I realized in 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 that many, which is going to be the twenty first movie that we've talked about, we have not repeated a director. And I thought, why don't I be the first one <laughs> to repeat the director? Especially because once Ronald picks The Godfather, and you're like, well, <laughs> are you going to avoid the follow up? Are you going to avoid the film that uh, a lot of people say is one of the best films of all time, and that I myself say is one of my favorite films? So, uh, so next uh, next week we're going to talk about. Uh, the conversation from 1974, <laughs> starring Gene Hackman. And the answer is yes, we will avoid it. Yeah, for, for now at least. <laughs> good pick. Good pick. I uh, know this is just one that is always fresh on my mind, and I was wondering, like, I haven't watched it. Maybe I haven't watched it in 10 years, 15 years. I don't know how long it's been, but this is one of those. You know how you have those movies that you you confidently say are your favorite yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah. This is always in that kind of top five for me, especially if I want to seem smart. Um, but no, it's it's honestly. It's. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Have you seen the conversation? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ronald, no. Yeah. Um, Ronald, I think you might really dig this one. This is kind of like if you if you're a Gene Hackman fan, this is going to be like this is like uh, Manna from Heaven. You know, this is this is the real okay. shit. This is one of his favorite performances, and he's famously grumpy and talks shit about every director he's ever worked with. And he actually <laughs> likes the work he did with Francis Ford Coppola. So, wow. uh, so yeah, we'll be talking about the conversation. Okay, cool. A paranoid thriller and a movie that like feels like there's a there's a weird like he's a surveillance expert and so there's a technological component to it and i feel like it, it adds such a fun layer to the movie all this kind of surveillance tech and also some fun uh pop-ups from some people from that era that you might be surprised to see in, in little tiny roles okay so that's exciting yeah and francis ford coppola if we're going to repeat a director he's the guy that he's a good one you know he's one that's of the, the ones one. you can have you can have two from him cool all right, cool. Let's jump into uh, a brief discussion on, hopefully brief, uh, uh, discussion on Oscar. Uh, Oscar 2023 
uh what is this the 95th oscars 93rd 95th i don't know 95th yeah um they were announced uh, tuesday morning and uh, some surprises some snubs some some good some bad uh but we were just talking about it before we started recording i think we're going to just kind of go down some of the big categories and i guess maybe throw out what we think is uh at least at this point the uh the front runner uh in mm. each um i guess let, let's do let me find this i guess let's do the two screenplay categories we'll we'll, do, we'll include them because i guess they're kind of the the, the other two big ones uh, so let's see. Uh, let's go with original screenplay first. The nominees: The Banshees of Sharon, Everything, all, Everywhere, All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, and your two. You picked this film uh, for your top ten. I gotta still see it, but Triangle of Sadness made it mm-hmm. on there, which was a. Uh, I think uh, the nominations that it got across the board were pretty big surprises. I think for a lot of people that you know kind of predict these nominations, mm. <clears throat> but uh. What do you guys think in uh, in the original screenplay category here? I mean, it's going to be hard to beat everything everywhere all at once for me yeah. in almost any category, which is a strange thing to say. But if I'm going to say which movie am I going to single out its screenplay, um, I might say that Banshee's Own Sharon for me is like... I just think that movie is really incredibly well written. Like I know people that love it, and I know people that hate it. Um, and I think for me it's just it it's it's a hits a sweet spot of like weird and funny and um existential and philosophical and so yeah, I would say for me that might be the one that I would most point out the screenplay. Um, but yeah, everything everywhere all at once. I told you told you guys I just watched that again and it's a real it's a real accomplishment. So it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to top that. Yeah. I think I think Banshees is uh, my pick for this guy. I mean, again, this is what I think will win. Yeah. Not like my yeah, what you like, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. Ba- I think Banshees is going to win as well. If if that doesn't win, well, I'll just pick the one I think is going to win. Yeah. Banshees is going to win for sure. Yeah, it because uh, they're not going to give yeah. it something else. I mean, and a lot of the precursor uh, awards, Banshees has been winning. Uh, like you know that in in that category. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I this feels like the nod counts, you throw to but... that movie. If it's not winning Best Picture or Best Director yeah. or some of these others, it's that's the award it gets, which is fine because it's you know it is very strong in that department. Yeah, right, right. Uh, let's see here. So then we got adapted screenplay nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery, Living, uh, which I haven't seen that, Top Gun Maverick, and Women Talking. I still want to see women talking so badly. Me I think too. it's playing locally or somewhere near nearby, but I, I have not made it to see that one. Yeah, I, I haven't seen. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen that either. But yeah, that one is not. Yeah, it's still in theaters only. I think living might is that that might be on demand now or video. Oh, on I think maybe I'm mixing it up with something else. But um, what are we thinking in this category, guys? I don't know. I mean, I'm going with, I'm kind of doing more my, my pick, but I guess I'm considering what might win as well. But I feel like Glass Onion is, or is the one that I would, again, where I'm looking at those going, what was, what was like Top Gun Maverick is well structured. So you kind of have to look at the screenplay and say, that's a successful screenplay for a movie to be that well constructed, you know? Right. But I right. don't know that I'm thinking of like a crackling script. I love, I love dialogue and I love lines, you know? And I think that Knives Out, the knives out mystery that is uh, glass onion gives us the the kind of 
the kind of lines, the kind of dialogue that makes me think, oh, that's a great screenplay. <clears throat> what are you taking, Ronald? Women talking. I haven't I, seen I, it. I, I second that I, as well. I, I, see, I see people like, this movie is... It's just yeah. So so you're picking what what will probably win though. No, yes. probably not win. win. Yeah, we're we're okay. picking what we think is gonna win. Yeah, I think I think the same thing. I think that that's the one in terms of like the nominations that it did get. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think this is a film that didn't get as many as some people thought it would. Maybe even a month or two ago, but I think this is a category where it's gotten some acknowledgement already. And uh, yeah, I think if it's gonna if it's gonna win a category where it was nominated, I I agree. I think it's gonna be this one. Isn't it interesting that sequels have to be in the adapted screenplay department just because they're technically considered by the Academy to be adapted from the original, even if there's nothing adapted about them. It's just an interesting thing. But also, it's an interesting thing to have sequels getting nominated for anything, right? I mean, that's not the kind of thing that happens every time. It's wild, man. It really is. To have movies with colons in them, in their titles, uh, that is. I don't know. There's colons in every movie if there's people in them. But but colons in the titles (laughs) that are... um, you just don't see them, guys, but yeah. they're there. Uh, but that you don't usually see Cullens in the titles of movies that are nominated for awards. There you go. That's what I was trying to say. Um, what's the next one? Uh, best Supporting Actress. We've got Angela Bassett for Hello. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. We've got Hong Chow for The Whale. We've got uh, Carrie Condon for The Banshees of Inishirin. We've got Jamie Lee Curtis in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And we've got Stephanie Sue for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Ooh, what a what a bunch of uh, performances. I haven't seen The Whale, but I love Hong Chow. <clears throat> yeah, me, me too. Bassett, I, can, huh? I think it's Bassett's here. Bassett, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say the same thing, man. Like, yeah, no one I see on this list besides maybe Hong Chow, based on what the subject matter is, had anything with this weight that she she had in this performance. Like, I was, I didn't love that movie, man. I didn't love Wakanda Forever. But I but thought her, her, her part in it was strong. Good yeah. God. And maybe I'll feel different. This is the cool part. It's going to be out on the first so I can rewatch it at home. I was very like tense just about everything surrounding this movie. I think we all yeah. were. Yeah. So now it'll be nice to like just sit and relax and watch it one more time before the award. So I, I'm like, okay. Because I thought she she every time she spoke, I was tearing up pretty much man i mean besides when she yeah. met you know a certain enemy yeah well i'm going to agree <laughs> that it's probably angela bassett it seems that seems right but if my heart goes with carrie condon who i thought was just so amazing in banshee's Sharon, and also mm. like i think she's a, such a strong actor and like this was like a real breakout for her but i still think you're right ronald the, it, breakout or not it still doesn't give her the like highs and lows that angela bassett got to play or this yeah. the, the emotional uh you know, like it's more of a simmering performance, which which takes right. talent to portray, but doesn't usually win awards the way that the more dramatic and, you know, there's yeah. that kind of has Angela Bassett won before? No. OK, so, yeah, come on. She's wow. a lot. A lot of people think she won for what's love got to do with it, but she did not. She I, was I, nominated, I forgot that she, she didn't did not win. win. Yeah. So she's she's got this uh, locked up. Arnold, you want to uh, read out the Best Supporting Actor? <clears throat> sure. Uh, best Supporting Actor, uh, Brendan Gleeson, uh, The Banshees of Inner Sharon, Brian Tyree Henry, Causeway, Judd Hirsch, The Fablemans. I feel like I'm going to mispronounce this person. Barry. Barry Kay. Barry Kay. Kelgan. Okay. Kelgan. The Banshees of Inner Sharon. And Kay. See, I'm not, I don't, <laughs> don't want to mispronounce his name. 
Just try. Let me let me just hear it. <laughs> K U Quan. Motherfucking it's, short it, round. It's it's close. You're close. Yeah. Okay. From uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. And I heard his name a couple times during this season, and I still is it key? Is yeah, it key? It's key. It's key. I, I mean, I'm just gonna say he's my he's my pick and my pick. Oh, there's no. Yeah, this is this is. A, I think her, this or Bassett. Well, I don't know. It's another category we'll talk about later. Seems like a pretty locked down category, but like he has swept basically every awards guild, every voting body. Yeah, and he's also just—it's an amazing story. His his speeches have been phenomenal. Yes, he is just somebody that everyone is, you know, in love with, and his performance is incredible. It's it's deserved, but there, there's like something about the awards circuit and like campaigning for Oscars, and it's just everything for him and for this performance and for this film. It's like in a line perfectly. Yeah. Just the dominoes are ready. Like it's just perfectly lined up. He's yeah. he's so he's so likable. Every speech he's made has like been so heartfelt, so funny, so sweet, so emotional. And um, yeah, I mean, people just love him. I mean, there's no question. And this is again, this is a voting body. These are these are these are, uh, you know, people nominating these 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 uh, categories are. That's kind of like where they belong in the Academy, you know, actors, actresses. Um, and the love for him this entire award season has been just so loud and just amazing. But yeah, this is as close as you get to a lock. Like, and and him at an awards sh- a ceremony, you get lots of pictures of him standing next to somebody and going, like he can't yeah, believe he's the there. It's Which the is best. again, I'm not saying he has to be that humble for me to appreciate him. No. But I love that he's that guy and that he seems like he's the guy you would want him to be. And I also love that when you when you hear him speak like in Everything Everywhere All at Once, it's like you go, "Oh yeah, I can't believe I haven't been seeing him for years." Yeah. But it's like if you had any doubts, is that wait, is that short round wait, is that is that data from <laughs> from the Goonies? And he's I he's so distinctive. It's it really is yes. surprising that he hasn't had you know, at least every few years some standout role, especially because I mean the guy can clearly handle the kind of action choreography whatever it takes to play that stuff convincingly um you know it's 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 a real missed opportunity that he didn't get tapped for uh the last you know the last indiana jones movie we got and the one that's coming out soon like the fact that he's not involved is is a real strange thing to me Um, i always thought he had just retired but hasn't he been working in the industry but just not in front of the camera isn't that the case yeah yeah have you seen that there's a really great video that's kind of been making the round he yeah he he went to like if you can find, I don't know if you guys listen to Happy Sack Confused, but that's another great podcast. Yes. He was on there recently, and it's a great, it's a great episode. He's just, I love, just, yeah, you can't not love him. But yeah, he talks a lot about like you know where he was in the early '90s and like you know not getting jobs and everything he got was like you know one line and it just became just very crushing and defeating. And so he eventually just like he put himself through film school and like he decided to move behind the camera in some sort of production. But in most of the early aughts and, you know, uh, up until, I don't know, I think five or six years ago, even he was he did a lot of like fun uh, uh, fight and stunt choreography. Mm -hmm. But like he is in this great video that's going around now. It's either it's one of the X-Men movies or it might be like uh, Wolverine Origins or whatever. One of those movies where he's like doing a fight choreography and a sequence like uh, blocking and stuff with like Hugh Jackman and Hugh Jackman's stunt oh. double. Oh, cool. Um, but it's very, it's just like, holy shit. Like that's him right there. Like he's doing that too. And then he's in this movie and he's just great in this movie. 
And it's like, that's what he did to stay in the industry. But this is where he's at now. He's an Oscar nominated and future Oscar winning actor. Like, it's just, it's like, even his statement when he got nominated, it's just like, you know, it's something along the lines of like, whenever I look at the like actors and people that I like look up to, it's like, it's Oscar nominated, you know, whoever the name is, you know, like Harrison Ford or whatever. And it's like, and he's like, now when I see my name in these things, it, it will be me. And like, I'm there. I'm just like, it, it's just, he's yeah. just fucking amazing. Like, I'm it's, so we, happy for we, him. We love a story like this, right? I mean, this is like one yeah, of those things like, that just makes you feel good so, every now and then. Something it's comes what you need. Chunk yeah. his entertainment lawyer? Like, yeah, it's like a... Is. Yeah, Jeff like Cohen a, is his, his lawyer, yeah. Oh, weird, right, right. Yeah. Weird-ass story, man. It, it's so funny, it's, though. Like, how can he not win? Like, it's... Yeah. No. Yeah, I, can't, uh, I, can't, I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Um. Uh, we got let's do actress in a leading role. We have uh, Kate Blanchett in Tar, Anna de Armas in Blonde, uh, Michelle Williams in The Fablemans, Michelle uh, Michelle Yeoh in Everything Everywhere All at Once, and the big surprise in this category was Andrea Riseborough into Leslie, which um her whole like the the recent kind of swell of love around her in that performance. And again, the fact that these nominations are coming from the body of actors and actresses. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's been a really interesting past like two weeks, basically, because I mean, with the acceptance, I mean, with the exception of like the independent spirit awards, like this is a movie that hasn't been talked about. Like it's a very small indie movie, like hasn't, you know, I think it's in theaters and probably, I think it's on video on demand, but like, it's just crazy to see her rise into this, you know, no pun intended. Like just to get into this category, yeah, and it's, um, it's so good. That well, I mean, movie, it's it's like she helped invent. I cried the, the so much. Genre of sci-fi, right? I mean, we know that she, for a fact. She, hey, yeah, she did. She was in Oblivion. Respect on Oblivion, right there. Most people know her from that, like Ronald. Um, but Ronald's seen to Leslie. Apparently, I haven't yeah. watched it yet, but I heard. Oh, I heard her so performance good. is just amazing. And Mark she's always Merritt. great. Mark yeah, really is so good yeah. in it, man. I mean, I I'm think so we've been kind of tracking her. To, all jokes aside about Oblivion, I've been noticing her since that movie, and she's mm. she's she's almost always, even though she she can play some pretty extreme characters, she's willing to go to some pretty odd places. But I think she's always really strong. So it's kind of fun to see one of those names that you've been noticing over the years suddenly get yeah get, get you know pop into that that list at the at the Academy Awards. Um, I don't know though. I, this, I guess this, of, of this the ones I've one, seen, man. yeah, I I feel like Michelle Yeoh. I just feel like it feels good to give it to Michelle Yeoh, but you never know what's going to happen with someone like Kate Blanchett. Um, yeah. And Michelle Williams Ooh. too, I guess, but I feel like, Mich- I, I mean, my, my heart and my, my prediction goes to Michelle Yeoh. It just feels like it's, it's, it just feels like it would be good. It would feel good the same way that like Angela Bassett winning an award, Michelle yeah. Yeoh winning an award. Did she win for crouching tiger hidden dragon? I don't th- No, I don't think okay. she's ever won. No. So yeah, that feels like it uh, would be, that kind of moment, that one in a million moment for her. What do you I, think, Ronald? I think, I think this is, man, because everything, everywhere, all at once is up. Anything that's not tar is counter programming and tar is going to win. I think tars, this is the thing that they're going to give tar and that's it. Okay. Again, if you're going to give something to Tar, in, it makes sense to give it to to her performance. Singular, However, to take that away from Michelle Yeoh does feel like, of all the crazy. things to honor yeah. about everything, everywhere, all, all right, at once, it's they're uh, gonna yeah. Take that right from her. They're going to take that right from <laughs> her <laughs> and give it right to her. I mean, just 
just because that they have to acknowledge that that's a good movie mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. some level. And maybe it'll get the next one. Maybe it'll get. Nah, I don't. No, no. I think that this is to acknowledge it, and then they're not going to get anywhere near the the last category. So, Steve, what is your actress? I, I, I mean, I, I again, like my heart wants it to be Michelle Yeoh, but uh, I've yet to see Tar, but everything I've heard about the performance and just even what she's won thus far. I mean, Michelle has also won some of the awards. This is actually one of the closer categories, I think. Yeah. I think those two are genuinely that close. And next in the next month and a half, you get a better read on like where this, these movies are falling because you know, last year was a great example of like a movie peaking too soon, like Power of the Dog you know, and Coda and like these conversations around like when a movie really hits and people yeah. see the movie and things like that in terms of being able to vote. Um, they've done an amazing job at keeping everything everywhere relevant for the past like nine plus months. And I think if they can continue to do that or somehow swell around, you know, the time of the awards deadline for voting, um, I think it could really push Michelle over. But right now, if I'm if I'm picking a choice of what will win it would be it would be kate i think again you always look at that if they're going to give one award to this thing what would they do okay sure. best lead actor uh austin butler for elvis colin farrell for banshees of inishirin brendan fraser for the whale paul mescal for after sun and bill nye for living now i haven't seen all of these but i'm gonna say this i love colin farrell and i feel like He's excellent in Banshee's Vinishir. And so that would be my pick. But I feel like Brendan Fraser is having kind of a mm. moment in that movie yes. in particular. It's one of those, if you're going to, it wasn't even a movie that got well regarded, particularly outside of his performance. So right. it really makes sense to give the award to him, especially because he's having that kind of career swell of whatever. I mean, it's almost insane how much people adore him. I mean, I get it, but it's just, it's funny that he's one of those guys who like people talk about him like he's a puppy, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I, but I think that. Yeah, but using the logic we've used, it seems like that would be what the Academy would do. They would look at this, maybe kind of a, a, a demonstrative performance, something that's kind of extreme like that. Um, they love miserable characters. This seems like a miserable movie, even though I haven't seen it. Um, I, uh, I, yeah, I believe Brendan Fraser, but I think Colin Farrell is so great in, in Banshees. I just don't know that you're going to give a performance that subtle uh, the award when you're up against like, that's such a nuanced kind of underplayed performance compared to some of these other, even Austin Butler as Elvis feels like it might have more of a shot than Colin Farrell, just because there's something kind of, you know, there's a, there's a showstopper uh, trick aspect yeah. to it. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I agree. I think it's going to be Brendan Fraser um, for everything you just said. Yeah. What about you, Ronald? I, don't... I think, I never thought I'd have Colin Farrell. And I think that I think that it's because I think the whale is losing momentum. I think it's losing like and I haven't like I you know how that there was this you talk about the swell. Yeah. The swell around it. There really was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I'm starting mm-hmm. to hear more there was a like swale around it. Yeah. <laughs> a swale. Now I'm hearing like, oh man, I've been sharing. Have you seen it? I'm hearing that more, which is making me think that they're gonna pick Colin, man. Like I yeah. think Colin, and I think they skew kind of more traditional for this one. This is like a real classic Hollywood kind of leading man performance. Like it's it's solid. It's 
from what I've seen in the clips, it's really funny and it's it's well rounded and it's beautiful background. Man, Colin may have this man. I, I do want to say I'm really happy that Paul Mescal got a nomination because uh, I, I had After Sun on my honorable mentions oh, for so our good. top of the year. Um, the movie was great, but he is so just good. he was incredible in it. I thought, and um, yeah. I haven't seen normal people, but I've heard that the show is great and that he's great in it. Um, but that performance, I was really happy to see, um, to see them acknowledge, even, even if he has no chance of winning, but yeah, yeah nice. He is now as well, a nominated Oscar nominated actor. Yeah. After yeah. was so good. So Ronald, best director, director, let's hear it. Uh, best director, Martin McDonough, Banshees of Inner Sharon, Daniel Kwan, Daniel, I'm not, how am I pronouncing this last Shiner, Shiner, Shiner. Everything, everywhere, all at once. A hometown boy from uh, Birmingham. Oh, wow. Yeah. Steven Spielberg, The Fablemans, Todd Field, Tar, Ruben Alslaud, Triangle of Sadness. Eustland. Eustland. Ruben Eustland. Eustland. You know, I'm going to say, I don't know if this is right. But when I look at all the other awards that mm-hmm. we've been sort of, if we, the way we've been doling these out, mm-hmm. it kind of feels like this would be the one you would give to Spielberg. But I just don't know if the Fablemans has the kind of traction, you know, but he would be the person who, that the director, the, the name in this list. But people love a Todd Field coming back to direct like a rare movie. Um, I, I mean, I guess this is one that's really hard to say, but my, my first thought was like, oh, it would be cool to give Steven Spielberg a nod for this movie that I really do think is one of his strongest emotional movies in 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 forever i mean it really out, yeah. outstripped my expectations for it but i think maybe i'm that's my voting with my heart kind of thing um I, I wouldn't be sad to see this go to to any of these folks honestly um and i think that the daniels have another you know they have a shot too just because that movie is so inventive there's a lot depending on how the academy feels like how how old they are <laughs> Really? Yeah. There's a lot of directing in that movie. You know what I mean? There's a lot of conceiving and editing and like making things work. So I think you could look at that as an achievement of of like a visionary mind, maybe more than some of these other movies. But that doesn't mean that's what they're going to give the award to. They frequently give an award to something kind of elegant and stately. So, uh, yeah. Spielberg is my heart, but I could see it going to any of those. As much as I love Steven Spielberg, and I do think he has a chance of winning this, I think that he's probably number two right now. But I think, unfortunately, he will have to add the Daniels to the list of directors he's lost to yeah. at, at the Academy Awards. Uh, again, there, there's a really good chance that he does win with the logic that we've been applying to the other categories. Because I'm not sure if the Fablemans um, really kind of pick up any other uh, awards. Maybe. Uh, I think it's still I actually think it's still in the running uh, for Best Picture. But I think that in this category, especially in, again, recently, recency you know, telling us what's happening. I think that, uh, again, it just feels like there's a moment happening. Some films are dropping off. Some are, swe- some are swelling, like Banshees is swelling. Everything is somehow still swelling, again, nine, ten months into its, 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 you know, its run. And I think that just the love around that movie um, really gives anybody that's been nominated for it in, in these big categories a shot. And I think the directors especially, um, you know, not that it would be an upset, but I think Spielberg's been a front runner in this category the whole award season, but they've really surged recently. So I would, yeah, the Daniels at this point, I think are the front runners for uh, best director. Did you, uh, what do you think, Ronald? What was, what was your pick? 
the Daniels, I think. Okay, okay. I think they're gonna win that one. I mean, I would, I would certainly have no complaints about that. That that would right, feel really good. But yeah, I don't know. Um, so the last category, best picture, we got 10 nominees this year full, filling up all 10 slots. Uh, we have women talking triangle of sadness, avatar, the way of water, all quiet on the Western front, Elvis tar top gun, Maverick, the Fablemans, the Banshees of Inisherin, and everything everywhere all at once. Guys. Everything, everywhere, all at once. No, no brainer, right? John, I feel Ron, like are you that. going to take a hot take here. You're going to go outside. I think it's you it. Like you, yeah, you look like it. I just what do you got. Tar just feels like one of those weird ones that's going to sneak up on people, man. Yeah. No shot. No shot. <laughs> no shot. In this category. In, in this category. In, yeah, yes. yeah. 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 Everything, every you think everything everywhere is gonna man. I, Honestly, I, man, I think it, it's it's. You think it's gonna sweep? I wanted to not, sweep. Not, not yeah, not to not to you know sound like a broken record, but there is. And to keep in mind, this is a preferential ballot. This is the one category where every branch votes. So you know oh. we can't just apply like a favorite. Like it's not right. that they pick one. Yeah. So this is a category where like crazy shit can happen, and I think that. While everything everywhere could be divisive to some Academy voters, um, I think it will still be high enough on a list of a one through 10 ranking. Right. Where it would still accumulate enough points where um, a movie like, I mean, honestly, I, I think movies like Fablemans, everything, uh, even Banshees, and honestly, even Top Gun Maverick, I think those are the four real mm -hmm. contenders in this category. Because I think those are the four that would be placed, you know, high enough on most voters' list that they would accumulate points to be competitive in this category. And, um, yeah. I, I really do. Yeah. I mean, I think I think I don't know that it's I, I don't I'm not saying I think Top Gun will win best. That picture, would be crazy. But I think you're right that it would be one of the four that people would put in their top four right. or five. Exactly. Yeah. In some in some mix or match of those four movies. I think it would appear in those top four slots on the majority of voting ballots. Wow. Um, yeah, I but get that. I mean, and the Fablemans, that's kind of a conversation point too with this category is that like, you know, if Spielberg, him not winning director or vice versa, like this could be a situation where, you know, one wins one category, one wins the other. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. I still just feel like right now, everything everywhere. And I think it's like, not honestly, like the distance between one and two, is not even close. I think everything everywhere is like right now running away with best picture. Like the, I think the closest one might be Banshees, honestly. Yeah. Um, in terms I, of, I, a, of a, of a true com competitor. I mean, that's, that's like my number one and two for the year. So I, right. I, I mean, I, I, I certainly hope if, if they go with my feelings, then that's what will happen. <laughs> I, I mean, regardless, I think just like, I think it's a really great year for movies. And I think, you know, right. the, the nominations are, are very um, exciting. I think the idea I've, I saw a stat like of the acting categories, like 16 of the 20 have never been nominated for an Oscar. Like That's that wild. is really cool. Um, that said, there are some glaring exclusions, people missing from these nominations that I, I like, I can't believe that Danielle Deadweiler did not get nominated for till. I think she's been somebody who a lot of people have been talking about for best actress all award season and uh it's crazy that i don't see her name in there I, I i did watch that and she's in i mean she's amazing in that movie um 
But I don't know. Maybe it's the kind of movie that not a lot of people watched to be able to nominate her. I don't know. It's hard to say, but she was great. Um, but just, yeah, I just, I just think the idea of like people getting nominated that have never been nominated. I, I think that's exciting, especially when you, you know, you're looking at like a, a, a Kate Blanchett who's been nominated so many times. Yeah. But then, you know, she's one of the four in that those four categories that have had a nomination before. So yeah. It'll be cool to see new faces and you know new people accepting awards. Hopefully at this at this uh, Academy Awards this year. And like John mentioned earlier, they did say they're going to nom- they're going to present and broadcast all twenty three categories this year. None of it's being done off air or, or pre taped or any of that stuff, which is I think good. Um, and uh, I yeah, obviously you know, guy, I'm super into the award stuff, and I'm excited to see what comes of it, but it's going to be a long 40 some days. You know, I think yeah. a lot changes, a lot goes yeah. up and down. Um, I think last year when the nominations came out, you know, a different movie was the, the strong, strong front runner to win a lot of awards and things changed drastically by the time they were given out. So that could happen yeah. again this year too. So um, yeah, March, what is 20th? it? 12th? No. no, I think it's the 12th. It's the weekend that Scream comes out. <laughs> it's that it's that Sunday. Uh, so yeah, it's probably why they chose it. Yeah, I think that's why. Like people go see Scream that weekend, come watch the Oscars. <clears throat> um, March twelfth. You're right. Yeah. So Sunday. We'll the see. We'll check it. Ninety fifth. When when it when it goes down, and then um, we'll come back and we'll rank all ninety five Oscar ceremonies. That's obviously we I'm we sure. were gonna. I thought we were gonna save that reveal, John, but. <laughs> Uh, Ronald, what else have you watched this uh this last week? Let's let's go into any other mentions. Uh, right a- Apple uh, TV shrinking. I know you've been watching a lot, buddy. Let's hear it. Yeah, Apple TV shrinking. I'm a big fan of it. Uh, Jessica Williams, Harrison Ford, uh, uh Jason Siegel. Well, Jason Siegel. I mean. Jason Siegel being Jason Siegel is special. I mean, so people are probably hey, going to be like, maybe he's a one You know what they coffee. say? Siegel going to Siegel. Siegel going to Siegel. Siegel going to Siegel like a sea seagull. Uh, and I always wonder if they're talking about, is it Noah Siegel? No, is it Noah Segan? What's the name of the guy? That's Noah Segan. Segan going to Segan. Segan to Segan. Same thing for that dude. Yeah. That's what they say. Uh... Yeah, good show. Uh, very emotional. Um, the first episode's coming out this Friday, but um, I've been privy to uh, most of the season. It's cool. Uh, some revelations come out. Uh, some entanglements develop. Uh, no, aren't you? Aren't you fancy with your yeah. priviness? Yeah, man, it's good, it's good show. <laughs> like, oh, you know, it's funny. I, you've been talking about it for, for for a few weeks. I know the embargo's up, so that's you know why we can talk about it now because it comes out this week. But like with the embargo hitting uh, or going up, it's like tons of people are posting about it, just like raving about this show, like it's saying so it's like like one of Apple TV's best shows. Like, watch out, Ted Lasso. Yeah. This is the kind of like heartwarming fan fan friendly. Like you know, this kind of show is like that in that lane at least. Um, but that's good for Apple TV because like we're fans and yeah. I do think they need a, you know another show like this. And I, I'm excited to watch it. Um, I haven't started it yet, but I, I plan on watching it this weekend for sure. Cool. Um, I watched Megan with. I did too. Uh, How was wife. Megan, guys? 
my wife. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> oh, sh- I, I, it's a, I can't not. It's like, it's like I, I can't. Ah, you gotta, I gotta do, do it. it. You gotta do it. Gotta it's, do it. it. Talk about what's compulsory. Uh, that is compulsory. Yeah, that's compulsory. R- Ritter gonna Ritter. That's even, if, even if, you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, even if you don't do it where anyone can hear you, you have to kind of like turn your head and go, oh, you know, you I have to do it. I can't <laughs> not do it, guys. Sorry. Um, yeah. What did you think of M3 again? Ronald, no, was, I actually, I know what you thought. It was number 20 on your best of yeah, last year. Yeah. It was a 2022 <laughs> release. Yeah, because it, man, it was supposed to come out. It's so weird. Dates have gotten screwed up, man. But it was supposed to come out in 2022. And it didn't. Uh, but, but I did. I did really enjoy it. It was fun. Uh, I'm a big, I think I got like a, a real crush on this Akila Cooper and she wrote Malignant, which I'm a huge fan of. I think she, she toes this cool line between absurdity and creepiness. Like she, she understands that like something can go off into that. And it's probably paying homage to a lot of like, like eighties movies that kind of went crazy. You know, it's just like, there's a point where. The crazy gets really crazy. So you go, it's guaranteed, like, what the fuck was that? Like, you're going to say that when you go to see one of her scripts, uh, one of the movies that she's written. And this felt like that. Like, it, Aaron was just like, her jaw dropped at every moment that Megan would get crazier and crazier and, and more self aware, like, uh, like Terminator, <laughs> like Skynet. Uh, so it was just a cool ass movie, and it had like a a resolution that almost paid like it felt like it was paying homage to another movie of a totally different genre, uh, RoboCop. Oh you yeah, like, yes, it just felt like there was it was a cool balance. It's fun. It was fun. Uh, the one complaint that I think that people would probably have is this is nonsensical. Uh, there there is no beginning, middle, and end to some people. Which I read in some of the reviews, but it's fun. It's a fun ass movie. Um, everybody held up their end of the bargain, and I think that uh, what's in it, Michelle? Is it Michelle? No, Allison. Allison. Allison Williams is is becoming like a a cult classic scream queen or something. Man, it's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I liked I liked her in this. Um, I liked. Megan in spots. I mean, I thought there were moments like that moment in the hallway when she starts dancing when she's chasing the guy. I mean, that's the best moment in the movie. That's like the <laughs> iconic moment to me. I mean, I I do think it kind of lost me a little bit when, when it was going into the third act. It kind of, I wanted it to be a little bit more evil and mean. I feel like it was a little bit like playing, like the, the efforts to keep it PG-13, I yes. think was yeah. smart. Totally smart from a marketing standpoint. And you don't need it to be gorier and and, you know, worse but i'm just saying for me the tone that campy tone that sort of i can't believe this doll is so mean or so nasty or so just giving people the side eye and stuff i feel like that tone if it had been allowed to fully flower i just was expecting a little bit more i hate to say but like a little bit more viciousness a little bit more ouch in this rather than the kind of like you said the kind of fun moments like i I found myself wishing i had seen this with a crowd um uh it i i saw some headline that someone was saying is it is it you know forgettable or is it dumb enough to enjoy and i kind of put it in the dumb enough to enjoy department you know like it it didn't it wasn't quite my cup of tea but i i think what you're saying about uh, is it aquila 
yeah. Akila Cooper, yeah. Akila Cooper. I think th- even though I didn't love Malignant either, I do I do respond to that what WTF aspect that she brings to these movies. Mm. And um, you know, I mean, I think as you'll think of Child's Play, you'll think of The Terminator, you'll think of Robocop maybe a little bit. Um this movie breaks a couple of taboos with regards to, you know, what can happen to a dog. Um but even then, I feel like we weren't seeing the after effects of what was happening enough for it to feel like a horror classic for me. So it does kind of feel like a little bit of a soft pedaled thing. But I think all the elements you point out, Ronald, that you single out were strong, and, you know, and, and the design of the doll and just the creepiness and the fact that they know they've got something that's kind of funny and, and creepy at the same time. Yeah. Um, I think that there were moments where I, it really clicked for me. Um, and I, I also think Allison Williams is like quietly great in this, like perfect for the tone of the thing. Um, yes, yeah. Yeah, and to add this to her performance and get out as like, yeah, she's got a little bit of a genre, of a genre thing going on. Yeah. So she actually she was also on a recent comedy Bang Bang, and she was really good. She was one really? of those celebrities who knows the who gets it right from the start and knew how to hang in there. So that was another another thing that made me appreciate her. But uh, yeah, That's I think cool. people know what they're getting if they watch Megan. Right? Like no one's going to sit down yeah. and say, "What? I thought this was going to be <laughs> the Grapes of Wrath." <clears throat> Yeah. I gotta watch it still. I'm excited to see it. I finally um and, this week. And then maybe one more thing I wanted to talk about. Yeah, uh there do. is a season that Hulu gave us access to called Extraordinary. Um that stars uh Marriott Tires. Marriott Tires. Um it's a, it's it takes place in this interesting world where everybody has superpowers. And Typically, at your 18th birthday, you figure out what your power is. Okay. This woman's 25. It doesn't have an idea what her power is. Her sister just had it around her. She just turned 18, and she found out that she's super strong. And it's just this woman trying to find her way in the middle of this. It, it's actually more just a rom, uh, uh, like a comedy written around this environment. It's 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 It focuses less on that aspect of it. And that's kind of cool. It, it feels like... The superhero aspect actually is really cool, but it's not the focus so much as just the relationships between the people. Like our best friend can mimic and talk to the dead, like mm-hmm. speak for speak for them. Um, yeah, it's like superpowers I just have never thought of. Um, it's a fun, it's a fun, fun show. Um, I don't know. It's it feels like these these relationships, like these people had to have worked together before. It's like that cool of a dynamic. It's just well acted, very like casual delivery of the lines. It just feels real, real natural. Um, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I watched the first four episodes. Uh, they're, I think they're eight total. Um, it's on Hulu. Extraordinary. Funny. You will laugh your ass off. A lot of funny things about uh, hours and. It's kind of a metaphor if you you know once you figure it out, but it's a it's a cool superhero show without a lot of you know. Very cool. Yeah. I wanted to mention uh, a documentary that I finally got to watch, mainly because it was nominated. We didn't talk about the documentary category, but um, it was nominated on Tuesday. It's a documentary called Navalny. Um, it's oh. about the uh, attempted assassination of Alexei Navalny. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is you know basically uh the competition for Pu- Pu- for uh, Putin in Russia like he basically is like the party that's trying to 
I don't know, like uh, replace him or create uh, resistance against him. Um, but basically, a few years ago, there was an assassination attempt. He survived it. But the documentary is basically following the lead up to it, you know, and then the investigation that he takes on with some assistance from some other parties to figure out like what happened and who did it and how and all that stuff. And it's just kind of, I mean, it's just one of those, one of those moments watching the documentary where you're just like, Holy shit. How did they figure that out? How did they catch that on camera? Um, It's got those moments in it. Um, I, yeah, I just, again, I'd heard about this all year and finally got around to watching it. It's on HBO max. Um, it's really, really well made, really in, entertaining. It's kind of crazy to say that, uh, based you know around what its subject matter is, because it's. I mean, if you do any kind of Google search, you kind of like you would know where he's at now and what's going on with him today, uh, with Alexei Navalny specifically. But um, just really interesting, and you know, as someone who doesn't really, I'm not very educated and know a ton about you know, Russian politics and, you know, what, what his, uh, uh, motivations and what his, uh, approach is to trying to, you know, create a, uh, a resistance for Putin and, you know, kind of what's going on in Russia right now and has been for a long time, but, uh, just him as a character and him as a political figure, social media figure, um, kind of how he uses social media and, well, you know, did and continued to up until, you know, where this documentary ends, but, um just really great doc i mean like hour and a half hour 40 ish hbo max it's nominated it's one of the front runners for the category so if if you're kind of following that category um definitely recommend uh yeah it's called navalny it's on hbo max i will throw out there i finished uh, paul t goldman on peacock which ended with a, a like a one of those endings of one of these you know, multi-layered documentary things where you take a person and you're kind of, you wonder how the person feels about the show that was made about them kind of, and you sort of see a little bit of that. So in the end, you really do get like a, it, you know, it, I won't say a negative spin, but if you were feeling misgivings about this guy as the show was going along, the last episode finally sort of addresses some of the more meta concerns about like, you know, how true was like, was this guy taking everybody for a ride with the story that he was telling and all that stuff? And like, what did he really want to get out of this? And maybe right. why aren't people feeling more warmly towards him at the end of it? So you sort of get that. Um, that was so that was good. Um, I also watched the first few episodes of Poker Face, the uh, sort of oh, Natasha yes. Leone. Wait, hold on a second, um, guys. Um, someone's here. <clears throat> Uh, hey guys, it's me, uh, Natasha <laughs> Leone. Uh, you should watch my show. No, um, it's basically Columbo it's really good. With, Natasha, with Natasha Leone. And it's like when I realized that's what was happening, because she kind of already does that thing. She's got a funny energy and she kind of shuffles along and she like seems like she's beyond her years in a way with her, you know, her 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 attitudes and her kind of yeah. the way she comes off. And it's just it's got that Ryan Johnson imprint of being like a certain kind of funny and i mean it's not coen brothers it's not like the vince gilligan world it's not the same thing i mean it's like he's he's he overlaps tonally with some things but mm. then he's totally his own thing and if you got that thrill watching glass onion of just his dialogue and his kind of humor i think that this show 
there's that attention to detail of like, okay, every little story has a little extra detail to it, or if there's some kind of humor, or there's something slightly unexpected. And then the big thing about this show is like the Knives Out movies, who will come and play with Ryan yeah. Johnson? It yeah. seems that this guy can get anybody to come down. Plus the format of Poker Face. She's a person who sort of has a superpower that she can tell if someone's lying or not. Um, and so she's on the case, you know, and she runs and it's like the episodes I've watched, it's starting to become very coincidental that everywhere she goes, there's a murder, but they do a neat thing of kind of giving you a scenario. It's like a traditional network murder mystery show where you get like new set of characters, you meet them, one of them gets killed. Then Natasha Leone sort of stumbles across the crime. The one innovation that feels very Ryan Johnson is that the format is midway into the episode, you edit to her you cut to her and you see how she was part of this world before the murder happened. Like, at least that's what's been in the, the episodes I've seen. So it's a neat kind of Ryan Johnson, uh, you know, recontextualizing with going back and showing you more than you saw before. But really, right. it's a it's Columbo with Natasha Leone. And it's got like funny background characters who are just, I don't know, the world of the show is endearing. It's not perfect, but it really does feel like a really smart updating of the kind of shows that were all over the airwaves when I was a kid, which mm. is the self-contained mystery of the week shows where somebody gets murdered, Murder, She Wrote, Matlock, that kind of show, you know, um, everybody has a reason to kill this person or there's several people that could do it. And then here comes somebody who can tell when people are lying. Um, and that's just a fun thing. So, yeah, I mean, it's the kind of show that, um, my wife and I really enjoyed it. And then we kind of found ourselves torn between saying like, let's tear through these episodes we have. Cause we've got the first six access to those on, um, I think that's through, is that Peacock? Peacock. Peacock? That's Peacock. Um, but we also found ourselves kind of wanting to save them a little bit, you know? And I think yeah. that's a, that's a good sign when you are wanting to binge, but you also, it, this is a self-contained episode. So you can finish one and step away and know that it, there's a little bit of an ongoing plot line, but it's not, it's not the main thrust of the show. Um, but yeah, I just found the, found it really charming and it kind of got me on the hooks. Uh, the other thing I saw was a um, Korean uh, crime thriller from 2010 directed by uh, uh, Kim Ji Woon called I Saw the Devil. Um, and this movie is insane. I mean, it's incredibly violent mm. and, and uh, uh, kind of bleak uh, to use my favorite word. Um, and, but also had that, the way a good Korean crime film can just be so amazingly staged and and filmed and the artistry of the everything, the set decoration, the the camera movement, it's, you know, it can really blow your mind. Um, they sort of do westernized thrillers better than than westerners do <laughs> in a lot they of ways yeah. um, but no i just thought it was it was very bloody and gory uh, anything that was really unpleasant that i was wishing they had left in megan uh, this movie is like the hard <coughs> r where you really cringe at some of the violence but it's also it's about that it's about making you you know there's a there's a vengeance quest that gets ugly um and you're you're kind of you got a front row seat to it but it, yeah it's really uh um i found that pretty interesting i didn't if you haven't seen it ronald you might you might enjoy it but it might be a little bit ugly and violent for you i don't know i don't know how your your tastes go with that kind of stuff <clears throat> it depends i'll check i'll check out i remember the poster i've never seen it though what a poster yeah. that's a lot All of right. stuff well, that's that's an episode guys um again next week's episode john continuing the uh coppola he's he's his required viewing the conversation so let's all watch that together and guys i don't want to oversell this but uh i'm extremely excited Same. for next week's episode uh the movie schmovie crew has not been in person together 
in i mean what three years three years yeah yeah it's insane to say that out loud i you know we're 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 very fortunate and i feel so happy that we can see each other on a weekly basis uh this this way but next week the movie movie crew is getting together for the first screening together that we've done in three plus years we're all going to meet up and go to an advanced screening of m night Shyamalan's new film knock at the cabin uh, it's screening next week and we were invited to come to the review it and we're going to go. It's going to happen. Yes. Timing's perfect. We're going to record our review. It's going to be next week's episode. Our first yes. review of this kind in three plus years. I'm oh, so excited. Wow. Yeah, man. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be weird. It, I haven't, I haven't been to a theater in a while still, um, but I'm excited to go and to see you guys and to hopefully see an awesome movie. Word is very positive. Um, well, I, I finished the book, which that's one thing that's strange about this movie is how absent the the book has been. You from mentioned the marketing. that before, yeah. That Paul Tremblay's book, "The Cabin at the End of the World," uh, is the is the book that this film it seems to be very closely based on. I, I can tell from the trailer there are some divergences, but there's also that thing where you can tell from the trailer that there's a lot from the book that's in the movie so straight much. straight from the book. Right. Uh, and some of the characters and the casting, like Dave Bautista, is going to be. I, I have a feeling this is going to be like an iconic role for yeah. for him. Um, but everybody in it has something great to play. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's intriguing to have read this book because it's there's a couple of things that I'm very curious to know if they're going to stick to them in the movie and how they're going to handle them. Because the book, knowing that M. Night Shyamalan was going to be directing the movie, reading the book, I was just thinking like, oh, M. Night's going to have a field day with this prolonged tension and like slow reveal of information. Oh, and like wow. every every few page, every few chapters, you get like a, a a bit of information that changes your understanding of things. And it's tightly... There's like seven characters in the whole thing. You know, it's one of those like locked room kind of stories that just escalates in some really unpredictable ways. Uh, so, yeah, it's like a home invasion story with a real difference. Wouldn't you agree, Ronald? I know you've been uh, you check yeah. out the book, too. It's like so. strangers in the daytime. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's so scary, man. Like daytime stuff just spooks me out like Midsommar. Yeah. And this <laughs> this will be up there. This the sun being out and things happening messes up my whole idea of like I was right. like evil people come out at night. Right. You're not supposed to be scared then. <laughs> yeah. Little do you know, stuff could happen midday. I was telling Ronald Steve that knowing this, knowing who was cast in this and reading the book, there's a part where oh, it's basically straight from the trailer, very early in the book, is like uh when the character, you know, with the little girls outside playing, you've seen that part in the trailer, and he comes up and starts talking to her. And it was knowing that it was Dave Batista playing this character, the way he's described, I was telling Ronald that it's funny that it felt like it said, and then Dave Batista walked up. Yes. <laughs> he's supposed to be massive. It's like this presence. And they then talk the- about how thick his neck is and how muscular yeah. his arms are. Yeah, like it's just oh, and, and how man. like calm, how eerily calm and like quiet he's able to speak and stuff so no it just yes. made me think and then R- rupert grant is going to be crazy in this too his character is a wild yeah. one as well so no, i can't I, wait i, I can't, can't wait, wait. See. and yes you're right steve before you mentioned it i was going to say it uh you know in our text thread earlier is like do you realize that next week is like huh. yeah that's we used to do that all the time folks maybe if you've yeah, listened yeah. to the show long enough to remember we used to see movies together and then not a couple times we came over here after a movie and recorded yeah. but most of the time it would be like a few nights later we would get together but no this is a this is a real return turn to uh tradition for us that i'm, I'm yeah i'm super excited about i'll, I'll be ordering an icy uh i don't yeah, think that'll surprise classic, anybody classic john right there <laughs> uh yeah next week's gonna be a fun one so uh moviesmovie.com if you want to subscribe to the podcast if maybe you just dropped in now uh you can find all the links there for the podcast platform of your choice or just listen to episodes there if you want 
Movie Schmovie is also on YouTube. So it's youtube.com slash Movie Podcast if you prefer the video element of the podcast. Um, if you subscribe, please leave a rating, review, like, whatever option you have. It always helps, you know, try to help people find the podcast on, on that platform. Uh, again, you don't want to miss next week's episode. It's going to be a good one. I can feel it in my fingers. I feel it in my toes. Um, as always, you've made our day. Thanks. Bye.